Hey, everybody. Welcome to On the Homefront. My name is John Murphy. Really happy to have you here with us. We might be live on the radio at WILI AM 1400 or 95.3 FM. We're also on YouTube, so we're glad to have you with us. We've got a busy show today. We're going to be talking to people from Creative Ground, a regional arts resource for, uh, a regional arts resource for organizations and individual artists that offer you lots of opportunities for marketing yourself and also learning about being a better artist. We're also going to hear about a special event coming up up at the America Museum, and we're going to kick it off. I've got a phone call here right now, which is why I've got my Captain Video helmet on here. We've got Bruce John on the phone. Bruce, it's nice to have you back on the airwaves. Uh, it's great to be back in the world, John. Good to hear your voice. It's been a long haul since last August, and I've you know, followed some of your adventures uh, and your recoveries through Facebook and all the love and incredible support people are giving you because of all the music you've done for the community over all those years coming back to you. It came back uh, tenfold. You know, I um, I fell on August 5th right. in the hospital in the convalescent home for three months. I've been home rehabilitating for five months. Yeah. And I'm busting at the seams, getting ready to go back out and start my career again um, in about a week, uh, a week and a half. And I can't wait. I have a full schedule for the summer. I toned it back a little bit from what I usually do, but right. it's still a full schedule. Right. And I can't wait to be performing again. I've been playing a lot of music at home. So oh, sure. I'm ready. And some other aspect of your music this year is you're going to have a musical partner sometimes that's going to add to the dynamics of the show. Can you talk about your partner and how you're going to work together? My partner is Peggy Ann Contos Harvey, a Willamette girl uh, from way a long time ago. But uh, Peggy Ann and I have a, an act called Bruce John and Peggy Ann, The Music Vault, 100 Years of Hits. Um, she's the partner I always look for uh, all these years. She plays saxophone, wow. she plays violin, she plays harmonica and melodica, and she's brilliant at all of them. So all the songs that I do in my usual act that I've been doing for 61 years, she enhances every song. She's just, she's fabulous. We've been practicing real hard every week for a couple of months, and uh, we're ready to hit the streets. I, she can't be with me at every show, right? but she's also in the Patty Tewitt band, and she's also in the Hot Flashes with Amy Gallatin. So I have to like I have to wait in line to get her to come with me. <laughs> wow, she gets around. That's wonderful. But we do have our debut coming up yep. on um, Friday night, uh, March 31st, at the Blackledge Country Club, uh, the Blackledge River Tavern out in Hebron. Right. And, um, and then we, uh, the next night, I'm playing at my old dance studio, the Mansfield Academy of Dance. It's called Manifestation Arts and Healing Center. And we're going to do just a concert with the two of us, and we're going to have um, special guests Jason Altieri and Patty Tewitt. Nice. To get in on a few songs. That's off of Route 32 there, right, heading towards 195, yeah, right? Diagonally away from Chuck's, kind of. There you go, right. In Marrow. But uh, anyway, we can't wait to get started. And then I have all my usual haunts all, all year. Do my big concert in Columbia and in Wellington with her, and I'll be playing at Lakeview twice a week. I'll be playing nice. at Oliver's every Saturday. Um, my band is back, the Dinosaurs After Dark. We're doing First Fridays. Uh, it, my life is going to come back. We're actually playing at third Thursday in May um, in the Beer Garden at six o'clock. Wow! So, well, I'd be ready to kick everything's off the coming back to life. I I feel like I've been given a second chance. I'm grateful to all my fans and my friends. I had. 7,800 prayers every day and, uh, and good positive thoughts. And it, it got me through some real rough times, and I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful and thankful. 
Yeah, it's a beautiful thing to see how it comes back to you in its own way. And I wonder, folks want to follow your schedule. Is uh, Facebook the best way to get a hold of well, you and your personal work? Things. Facebook, my page, I always pin where I'm going to be. I have it right through August already written down. Very good. It's, it's the first post on, on, my, on my regular Bruce John Facebook page. Yeah. And then I have my daughter's working on it right now. But you can get my schedule on brucejohnmusic.com. There's a whole list of my gigs from March through, uh, through August. Um, and uh, please come out and see me and say hello when you come out. Come up and say hi. That's right. Don't let the old man in, like you no, said to I me don't. once. Yeah, I've been saying that every day, John. Oh, man. Mantra. You introduced, that's a big one. Now, also, while we have you, the breadboxfolk.org is a wonderful website, folks. That season is well underway. You know, Bruce and Terry has put together a great program on Sunday afternoons in the sanctuary at St. Paul's. And you've got one coming up uh, on April 2nd, Bruce. Tell us about it. Well, April 2nd is going to be maybe the pinnacle of, our, of, of all of our bookings, the great Rory Block, maybe the finest um, finger picker, uh, slide player in the world. I mean, she's amazing. Um, we were so fortunate to get her. Turns out her husband used to run the lights for, for the rhinestones at Shabu. And that's, that's a strange wow. connection. Yeah. And the girl, Lisa Rich, who runs Six of the Stones up there, used to be at the general store. Right. She was her protege student, and uh, she's going to open up for her. So it's going to be an amazing show, April 2nd. And then we have, like, three more shows after that for our spring series. We have Matt Agnes and Atwater Donnelly. Then we have the Beehive Queen herself and Saturday Night Live, Christine Ullman. And then we have this amazing singer out of Brooklyn, New York, Leslie Mendelson, who just did a record last year with uh, Jackson Brown. Uh, nice. She's amazing. The Who wanted her to open up right before COVID for her. I mean, she's coming out of New York City. She's an amazing talent. So th this is like a sleeper that I got, uh, Leslie Mendelson. So don't miss that show, May 7th. And then I, I already booked my fall, and I just want to read them off real quick, John, if you okay, don't mind. Sure. I'm excited. Um, we have the great John Poussette Dart, along with uh, Jim Chapdelaine, and then on, on that same bill, Mark Mandeville and uh, Ray Ann Richards. Then the next week, we went across the pond, and I got this great I, I, English folk singer, Sarah McQuaid, is going to be touring, and I got her to stop in. Opened up with uh, Peter Lendorf, who's the, one of the most amazing songwriters we have in New England. And then we have one of the premier bands of, uh, of folk bands, Americana, Ronnie Arbo and Daisy Mayhem, and opening up for them will be Marmo. And then out of New York State, we have one of the, another one of the most famous folk duos there are. The Kennedys will be here in, um, in November. And then we have the Pomfret Invasion on the same bill with them. The great Sally Rogers, Howie Burston, and Claudia Schmidt. Wow, what a trio. Great. Oh, they're amazing. And then yeah. at the, at the, at, right at the beginning of December... We've been look, we're trying to get him back for years. Another one of the finest uh, guitar players in the world, uh, Papino D'Agostino, will be here. Um, he's, he's from Sicily. Um, he, he lives in Oakland now, I think. But then we have Jim Mercick um, opening for him, and Jim Mercick is the best figure player in New England. Um, and then finally, if you're not in the holiday spirit, you will be, because we have Amy Gallatin and the Hot Flashers for their Christmas show uh, to round out our, our fall schedule. Great, um, great. One other thing I wanted to mention is we do an artist showcase. Uh, we do it October through April, the third Wednesday of every month. And I haven't been there since last year. So I'm very excited. I'm going to be singing at the April Artist Showcase on the third Wednesday. And I'm bringing some friends with me. I'm bringing from Heart Music School, my friend Jeffrey, the Heart Salsa All-Stars, a 12-piece salsa band. 
And I'm also reading from other friends of mine, a, a real bluegrass band, the Sperry Hill Bluegrass Band. Okay. And, and uh, yeah, and Marty Clark will be singing with me and my friend Carolyn and Curtis Brand come up and do a few songs. Great. So that's the third Wednesday of April. And we can't wait. Uh, every dime we make, we're at about $255,000 that we've made for the Covenant Soup Kitchen in the last 14 years. Yeah. Not too shabby. No, it's a beautiful thing. It's a lot of love in that, Bruce. And I look forward to having you back later in the spring as we get into an update for summertime. So congratulations on recovery and healing and getting back. And the website to follow up on Bruce's good work is brucejohnmusic.com and breadboxfolk.org to keep track of the whole series uh, at the church to benefit the uh, soup kitchen. So you take care, Bruce. Be well, and best of luck in the year ahead. John, all the best to you, my friend, and uh, keep rocking, okay? Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Right, okay. Bye-bye. Okay, so we're going to take a very short break for a couple of messages and come back with a really important arts resource that you want to know about. It's called Creative Ground. It's part of the New England Foundation for the Arts, and it's a way for you to reach out and connect to the arts community across Connecticut. Don't go away. We'll be right back. I'll trim some time at the end. That's okay. Plus, you just gave me two minutes I didn't know I had. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> oh, uh, is, is that possibly Bev York out there? Let me see. Oh, yeah, I'll get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so she'll listen. Yeah, I got the radio on out there. Okay. And uh, towards the end of this thing, you know, when I start running through the announcements, I'll just talk for a while. Then you can give her a wave. Okay. And she'll look for your cue. Okay. Great. Thank you. Okay. She's going to merge right now and connect to D. Okay. I'm going to patch her through right now, too. Sure, sure. Well, I think uh, we have a connection here. Hello. Hi. Hi, John. Okay, that's great. I'm glad we're chatting. Matthew's going to set our different voice levels. Uh, Sharon Amaguni, is that correct? Yes, Amaguni is correct. Right. And how many years now have you been with Creative Ground or NIFA? Just as a background. Uh, yes, I'm very new to uh, the NIFA team. So I just started at the end of January. So oh. I am still very early in my NIFA career. Congratulations. I'm glad to be there in the early time. We'll get to know each other as you move ahead. That'll be nice. Yes. I wish you well. And also, Dee uh, Schneidman, is that correct? 
That is correct. Very good. She seems a little quiet. Is that right? Yeah, that's a little quiet. I can't adjust that. Okay. Though. That's all right. And, uh... You want me to put... I can put my headphones in. Sure. Yeah. I'm glad you're able to connect the two of you. It's a little tricky with telephones and radio. It gets weird sometimes. You won't believe what comes up uh, that you don't normally have to worry about. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, Dee, when I introduce you, is there a particular title or, or some kind of a role I could attribute to your work? I don't have anything in particular from you. I am that if my sound a little I'm sorry. Your level is even lower than before. That's why we're talking now, but is to kind of get the audio all set. That's why we're doing this. Say a few more words, Dee. Um, I was putting my headphones bring us that they're not being. Are you folks in the same room? No, we are not. You're not. Okay. Dee is barely audible. Uh, I'm not quite sure what it is in the in the different phone levels and how the devices balance the two of you because you're being split to get to me. Uh, we'll do the best we can, and I can fix some of this, too. But, Dee, when I introduce you, do you have a particular title or a way to introduce you properly? Uh, I just lost D. Sharon, are you there? Wow. Should we try to just call him back? They're still there. Okay, somebody is there with us, but we have uh, we've lost the callers. All right, I'm gonna. Is there a third person on the phone? Yeah. When you connect to them, tell them if there's a third person on the line, he should get off. Again, I'm going to put you back on hold and try it again. Thank, thank you. Thank you for keeping cool, Matt. No Is it okay? Am I better now? Hello there. Are we back together again? Yes, yeah. we are back. Great. Is there a third person on the call as well? Uh, it's just us three. So Dee's on her line, me on mine, and then you. Okay, that's great. Much better. Whatever you did was great. It was nice to know. Uh, the voodoo worked, whatever you did. Uh, oh, good. Okay, th that's fine. Me. Much better, much better. Now, also, a uh, thing I was trying to do before I lost you, Dee, was your title or some way to introduce you properly. I'm the Senior Program Director for Creative Economy at NEPA. Okay. And I'm at the opposite end of the spectrum. I've been at NEPA for 17 years. Yeah. I've done some work several years ago with Stephanie Ancona and other mm -hmm. people. Uh, it's a great group, and that's all six states, so it's really exciting. And I know today you want to focus on how you connect to people in Connecticut. So we'll talk about the websites, and I have your talking points. So this will be a nice start for us today, and then when the timing is good for you, we can plan every six weeks or two months. It depends on your deadlines and things that are good for you to get out. We're always happy to connect to you. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah, okay. that's wonderful. Yeah. 
All right, let me check now with our time. We have just about a minute to go, and then we'll be said we'll still have our nice 20 minutes, and we'll go over everything. And also, you mentioned that there was a workshop coming up on leadership. Uh, let me get my notes on that. It was. Uh, yes. That's that's coming up next week, I believe, the 29th. Yes, uh, the 30th. I think it's on Thursday. Okay. Yep. That's so that's yeah. part of your thing. That's very, very good. Okay. 30 seconds. Okay. Yeah. All righty. Well, welcome to live radio. It's a very different kind of thing when it's live, but it's it's fun that way. Once you get used to it, it's a really nice kind of a conversation to share, and I appreciate you you jumping on board this way. Well, thank you. You, you have a great radio voice, John. I'm uh, sure that's, you oh. know that. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's very kind. Three, two, one. Okay, we're back on the program today for On the Home Front. My name is John Murphy. Very happy to be here with us. For our second program today, like I said before, we're going to look at a really important regional arts resource. And if you're in Connecticut, this organization, it's called Creative Economy. It's called Creative Ground. They are part of the New England Foundation for the Arts, which serves the entire region. And this is a very unique networking model. It's a way to access resources and training. And it's a way for them to help connect to you to find out what needs you have in the community for them to serve. So it's a really exciting partnership they have. And we have two people very involved with the Creative Ground. We have Dee Schneidman. She's the Senior Program Director at the Creative Economy with the NIFA, the New England Foundation for the Arts. And also we have Sharon Amaguni. She is a Creative Economy Program Officer. She's recently joined their staff, and they're on the phone with us today from Massachusetts. Welcome to the program, folks. It's great to have you today. Thank you. Thank you so much, John, for including us on your show. We're happy to learn more about it. We, Sharon and I were just saying we were curious who else we had on. We, went, <laughs> we should have been listening. Um, and I want to give uh, Eleanor Slamba a shout-out for the connection, too. That's right. I think we met at one of those meetings in the arts groups, and we connected at one of mm-hmm. those gatherings at the Mohegan Sun, or maybe it was Foxwoods that time. And mm-hmm. it just shows how many groups are out there trying to connect. And uh, you're just a great resource. So maybe you could briefly talk about, like, NIFA, just to let people know the big umbrella that NIFA represents for all of our states, and then your unique networking resource and how people can sign up and, and uh, be more efficiently served. Sure, sure, yeah. So um, as you, as John mentioned, I'm the Senior Program Director for Creative Economy at NEPA, New England Foundation for the Arts. And um, NEPA is the regional arts organization for all six New England states. Um, the country is carved up into uh, large regions. Right. Um, of course, I'm not biased at all, but New England <laughs> is the best. Um, and um, we provide grants, services, professional development, cohorts, um, technical assistance, and we work very closely with our state arts agencies in all six New England states, so that's important to mention, um, as well as with other partners. Um, so we can be sort of known by different constituents in different ways, either as a grant maker, as a service provider, and of course, Creative Ground is a major service that we provide um, to New England artists, arts organizations, and for those outside of the creative community as well. Um, Sharon, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, thanks, Dee. 
Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Sharon Maguni, and I am the Creative Economy Program Officer, as John mentioned. And I work to support the Creative Economy Network across New England through community building and workshops and events, both online and off. And um, same goes to NEPA. Uh, a lot of great uh, engagement that happens both virtually and also in person. So it's great to be part of a con an organization like that. And part of that work includes Creative Ground, uh, as you mentioned, which is, you know, a platform, a regional directory, and I get to encourage and support communities across the region right. to engage with it. Um, so, you know, part of NEPA's history, so NEPA was founded in 1976, and really alongside that founding was an investigation of who the creative economy, who the creative, what like what the creative ecosystem is across New England. Wanted to understand what artists, arts and culture nonprofits, creative businesses were really populating our region because we knew it was a really rich and robust region, but honestly, and we wanted more resources to flow, of course, um, to our creative ecosystem. So part of, um, you know, we really believe that resources flow to what is known, what is visible. And so we started tracking um, those entities a very long time ago, kind of created a database. And um, then through... <laughs> a long series of events that I won't go into, we, we decided to put that um, database online so that people could interact with it. You know, we've, we've right. had this long legacy um, of sharing a framework of who's in the creative economy of New England and the impact that, that, that our creative sector has, not only on creatives, but on all communities of the region. Yeah. And um, we wanted everyone to be able to access the information. And, and to really celebrate our, you know, diverse and rich regional creative community and give the opportunity for the community to be visible, counted, not only in our research, but also, you know, for anyone who has opportunities to provide um, and for that to be kind of more user generated, right? For the research database not to be something dusty that's just for, um, research analysis purposes, but to be a living, a living space. Um, and at this point, our our program's vision is really for um, a sustainable, inclusive, and connected New England creative economy. You know that is valued by all New England communities. And um, Creative Ground is our is our primary tool for that because it gives that visibility and connection and opportunity for resources to flow, you know, for, for people to get get found on Creative Ground is a hashtag we like to use. <laughs> right. It's uh it's kind of a digital well for a lot of resources and it's a way for mm -hmm. people to let other people know about them as well. It's two way. That's the really neat part of this. And uh, creativeground.org, by the way, is the website, folks. Okay, nefa.org, N-E-F-A.org is the, uh, that's the mothership, if you will. And creativeground.org is what we're talking about now with uh, Sharon and Dee. Maybe you could take mm -hmm. a minute just to walk through. If I was to log in there, something that you mm -hmm. encourage is people to just sign in to mm -hmm. be networked. And could you mention what that is and what doors you open with that simple connection to things that you may not even know about that are waiting for you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the first thing to mention is that it's free. <laughs> True. Um, so True. anyone can create a user account and a profile. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really for artists, creatives, culture bearers, 
creative organizations and businesses um, to get insight and to contact each other. So that's something you can do um, on the site. So it's really meant to support those within the creative network and the creative ecosystem and those who want to collaborate with those folks. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sharon, you want to walk yeah. us through that a little bit? Yeah. And I also want to mention, um, as Dee mentioned, it's a great free resources, resource. And you also uh, don't have to have an account to search it, although we encourage everyone to have an account. But anyone can go and search through Creative Ground and see all the wonderful profiles and, and different types of businesses and artists and uh, people on the space. Um, and, John, you mentioned it being a well, and it really is. It, creative Ground is meant to be a broad and inclusive reflection of New England's creative ecosystem. And because there are so many different types of people and businesses in our creative economy, that's what you'll find on the platform on Creative Ground. So we have profiles that create or produce work, um, so artists and creatives, makers and crafters. And then we have profiles that distribute creative work. Some are creative entities like theaters and art centers and opera houses. And then we have some that aren't creative entities but still distribute, for example, coffee shops, churches, and senior centers. Sure. And I know I've seen so many great art exhibits at my local coffee shop, so <laughs> yeah. definitely shout that out as a great space. Yep. And then there are also profiles that train artists and creatives. So we have art schools and institutes and art education camps, and we have profiles that support the art ecosystem. And again, some that are creative entities like record labels and artist colonies, and then some that are, aren't creative in mission, like government agencies and foundations, but still help support the ecosystem. So all this to say is if you have a connection to the creative economy, there's a space for you on creative ground. If yeah, someone, and I think... Oh, go ahead, please. Oh, go sorry, ahead, go ahead, John. No, no, it's okay, Dee, go ahead. I was just going to underscore what Sharon said about, you know, the support organizations. So, of course, we have profiles um, for them within creative ground mm -hmm. so that, you know, their work can be visible, but any creative or, or uh, arts organizations can search creative grounds to find foundations to fund. You know, they can look by kind of, they can look up, they can search creative grounds either by the type of entity that it is or by an activity or service that they provide. If you're looking for someone to teach a class, you can find that. If you're looking for someone who provides um, fabrication, <laughs> you know, for your metalwork project, sure. um, you can find them. So it's really kind of across the board. Think how much time it saves people that are starting out especially, not necessarily clueless, but they don't know their way yet. And you're helping mm -hmm. them save months and months of time in their personal development just to get some information and basic facts down. Because uh, mm -hmm. this stuff is just not yeah. sitting there. You have to find it in your own way, right? It's so true. And, and you know, it's a good segue to talk about our partnerships because strategic partnerships are probably, you know, the, the primary way that um, Creative Ground gets the word out to those folks who might be, you know, long-standing artists or organizations and not necessarily know how to connect to those within their community or beyond, um, as well as those emerging artists. Like, where is their entry point? And so um, our kind of local, state especially, and the national partner organizations really help to promote Creative Ground. They want to connect their own locations, artists, and creatives to a wider network, um, but they also help kind of with with the data itself, you know, with the accuracy of who's, who's on the ground, who's doing creative work on the ground, right, Just so that it's as representative as possible. Um, and, and anyone can kind of suggest an edit on a profile. We really crowdsource that data cleaning. So once you 
once you start diving in, you should be like, oh, and my friends aren't on here. I'm my, my art and friends aren't on here. Right. I'm going to find the promo toolkit and invite them, you know, so. That's like word of mouth. to make it a community. Yeah. I'm sorry? That's like word of mouth, people, you know, within the family, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do promotion at events and, you know, support, but this is really, we're really focused on it being um, sort of that grassroots crowdsourced effort because, honestly, the folks on the ground know who's in their community, you know, better than we might. So um, it's, it's really kind of that peer, peer invitation, but also peer connection because anyone can contact profiles through Creative Ground. And, right. you know, we want to really recommend that people kind of, once they learn it's there, they're first focused on creating a profile, wonderful, and we'll help you do it. And then start searching, you know, start, right. start contacting people. Kind of part of your business, your business investment in yourself. That's right. Uh, creativeground.org again is the website. And I want to mention too, in case you've just joined us on the radio, we're on the phone today with Adish Schneidman and Sharon Amaguni from uh, Creative Ground. Uh, a question I had for you was more about some of the special workshops that you do that are very focused. There's one coming up soon. And the other thing I wanted to ask about while we have time is uh, I've had a, quite a few guests involved with the Connecticut Office of the Arts. The COA staff is a great crew, mm-hmm. and they do a lot for the regional scene. Uh, could mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about the ways that you connect to them so Connecticut people can uh, find more partners and friends than they might otherwise know between the two of you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can, I can uh, jump in on that, uh, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we actually partner with uh, state art agencies. So this is a good opportunity to give a shout-out to the folks at the Connecticut Office of the Arts who support us in engaging artists in various communities around Connecticut around creative ground. So uh, Dee was talking about partnership before, and that is such a big part of it, and we are really glad that we get to be in community with them around creative ground and get to engage with their expertise because, of course, people in Connecticut, you know, you know your community, you know about who's in your region and who's in your network. Um, and there are currently over 4,000 profiles from Connecticut on Creative Ground, which is really exciting. And that's everything from artists and designers to historical societies and performing arts centers. So a really broad, broad uh, range of people and platform, people and profiles on Creative Ground. And even for Connecticut, folks can add special designations on the profile. So artists in Connecticut who are on the Office of the Arts State Arts Agency roster can put that designation on their profile. So we really love that we get this opportunity to engage each of these state art agencies and in the process learn more about the needs of Connecticut creative ecosystem. Right. People in the yeah. community. Yeah, and it's it's the um, arts and culture directory for all six New England states. So Connecticut, this is their list. You know, this is their arts directory. So they have access to the data. Um, they can commission research and analyze the data for, you know, who's in their um, creative ground list in Connecticut. They can identify maybe gaps in who's there and make sure that, you know, they're helping us to kind of promote um, creative ground and getting getting those folks connected who maybe aren't necessarily being served yet, you know, right. by the state agency or by NISA. So um, it's a real kind of... It's a cultural asset mapping container, just to get like data wonky for a minute. <laughs> yep. um, for for art service organizations at the state or the local level, it's uh, you know you can't actually you can't overestimate the need 
for a list um, when you're an art service organization, right? You're supposed to know everyone and everything that's happening. Um, and so this is kind of there can be an online Rolodex in a way. I'm dating myself by using the word Rolodex. Uh-oh. Um, there you go. It's a knockout. I got you. <laughs> I got you. It's there. You know, everyone needs a directory because you want to make sure you're not just uh, inviting the same old folks, right, to your own workshops, your own yeah. meetings, your own, you know, grant opportunities. And, um, yeah, COA has been an amazing partner in getting the word out. They're actually going to be integrating um, the artists and creative ground into their own new website. Um, so they're working really closely with us on that. You know, really helping Connecticut artists and organizations be kind of visible within Connecticut, but then also across the region, you know, and make sure those opportunities are sort of getting to where they need to go. You know, that's so important because everybody's still in recovery from COVID. And this mm-hmm. is a perfect time for you to be reaching out in Connecticut more because people are coming out of the caves now. They are trying mm-hmm. to figure out we have to move ahead somehow. And maybe going it alone is a different path than we thought. And we need to collaborate more. And finding mm-hmm. partners and being smart with your research and your local arts organizations is just a great way to make kind of rise the tide, as it were, as the whole, I guess mm-hmm. you would say, the cultural economy as it rises the tide, so to speak. Slow and steady, mm-hmm. slow and steady. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's so true. It really can't be overstated. I mean, we gave out um, a lot of COVID relief funding through right. MUFA, and um, right. and I'm actually on a panel right now for the relief funding that's going out in Vermont. And, and that is such a trend. It really is. You know, everyone's sort of hunkered down. Mm-hmm. We're focused on survival. Totally understandable. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and, and collaboration and connection for financial stability but also for inspiration right i mean that's right artists and creative organizations cannot work in a vacuum they need to um we did an artist survey back in 2019 um, before we launched creative ground as part of uh, some research that we commissioned on creative jobs and you know the one of the number one needs that we've heard from artists and individuals especially was the need for collaboration, the need for having access to other mm-hmm. creatives, to other experts, yeah. to, to inspiration. You know, yes, of course, funding and support was up there. Um, but, you know, number two was, like, opportunities for collaboration. So, it's, you know, we're hoping to get back in person <laughs> more soon. Oh, yeah. But in the meantime, yep. you know, the online, the online resources are there right now. But, you know, yeah. I, I have to say thank God for the Zoom meetings because people survived, they communicated, mm-hmm. they got through the storm, and it's a tool now. When you need it, you have it, and people are used to it by now. Mm-hmm. Now, I, wanna, yeah. I just want to mention one more thing before we close, but we're going to have you back later in the spring as you need to follow with more of these programs. But you have a program mm-hmm. coming up next week you wanted to mention. It's kind of a leadership training, right? So let's talk about that while we have a minute or two, Okay. Yes, yeah, we have our Network Leader Workshop uh, next Thursday, March 30th from 2 to 3 p.m., um, and it is virtual, so, you know, as folks are still getting comfortable, this is a great and easy way to continue engaging with me and myself, but also to learn about how you can activate your network, and this workshop is basically the content from that page in workshop format, so you'll learn how to host your own creative ground training and how to host your own set of workshops, support the constituents in your community, and using Creative Ground. 
And we'll also talk a little bit more about our API directory partner option. Uh, but it's, it would be a really great time to kind of think about how you can activate your network to learn more about how you can be a leader in your community and really utilize creative ground uh, amongst folks in your network. Well, I want to thank you both very much for joining us today by phone from Massachusetts. Hopefully one day we'll have you here in the house. But uh, we've been speaking with Dee Schneidman, the Senior Program Director for the Creative Economy at NIFA, and Sharon Ambaguni, the Creative Economy Program Officer. I thank you very much for the good work you're doing throughout the year and for these great events. I'll mention the website one more time, folks, is creativeground.org. You should definitely sign up, and you'll be able to follow up on everything that they talked about today. So uh, thank you again, and I wish you a great season ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. Thank you for having us, and hope to see folks at the workshop next Thursday. Okay, well, and we'll be talking again now. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, this is live radio, folks. Don't you love it? Like if I fall out of my chair right now, you'll see me disappear. This is live radio. Because right now we're going to change gears. I've got some news to share with you about some local events while we're getting Bev York in here. She's doing a very special event next week. Uh, it's a fundraiser. It's at the America Museum, but it's a fundraiser for the, uh, 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 the America Museum. It's uh, Sunday, March 26th, and we're going to have our third phone call today with the state troubadour. I'm very happy to have a phone call coming up with Kayla Farnham. And right now she is gracefully flying in. I know the helicopter dropped you off. It was a great landing. Good parachute work, Bev. Thank you. James Bond came to Willimannock, and here she is on the Frog Bridge. It was awesome. But anyway, we're going to have a phone call with, with Kayla. This is Sunday the 26th from 4 to 6 at the Veterans Center on Crescent Street in Willimannock. But I want to mention a couple of things while we're getting ready here to make things a little more crazy. The Repair Cafe is coming back. Again, they do it four times a year. It's at the uh, First Congregational Church on Valley Street, Saturday, April 8th from 10 to 2. This is when you can bring a lot of things you might otherwise throw away and have them fixed and repaired for free to avoid people throwing things away. We, we're going to have people on to talk about that. It's four times a year. They have one coming up. They're going to focus on sewing and mending, electrical items of all kinds, knife sharpening, bike repair, season coming for spring, book repair, and also mechanical repairs. So there's a lot of things we'll talk about on uh, April 5th. Uh, with folks in the Repair Cafe. Okay, so I think we're set now. We're doing some live radio. Bev York, thanks for being here in the house. It's well, great to have you. Thank you for having me. You bet. It's always great. It's been a, it's about a month and a half now. Bev is very active, keeping history alive, sharing it, doing all these events to connect to people that you didn't know you had a relationship to, and what they did is actually connected to 2023. She's doing all these things, all this time travel stuff. But today she has a special mission here. It's a fundraiser. So let's talk about that before we talk to Kayla. Okay, so right this ahead. is a, a new project. It's called Cabaret Series, and it's um, music and um, some of the musical programs in, involve she, history. She the phone? And this is um, uh, there's going to be a series of four of them. They will be happening on Sundays at 4. Right. at the Veterans Community Center, and this is funded in part by the Leo J. and Rose Pajot Trust. So we are very pleased to um, nice. have Thank the you. funding so that we can, uh, and we're going to start off our cabaret series with our own new state troubadour. Yes. And I'm delighted that we're going to be able to speak with her uh, right now, live. Yes, <laughs> so we're going to hit a couple of buttons there. Kayla, are you with us? 
I'm here. Well, thank you for sharing some radio time with us today. Congratulations on your appointment. You're the 18th troubadour. So uh, how did it feel to get that hat to wear? That's a pretty special year for you coming up. It is. It's quite an honor and such a wonderful opportunity um, to share my music with the community. So I'm super excited. Can we chat with you later in the spring? Are you going to be in other areas here in the eastern half of the state to have you one day? Uh, yes, I have quite a bit coming up. Okay. And uh, do you want to preview some of the material and some of the things you'll be doing uh, this Sunday? Again, it's from 4 to 6. What's uh, What kind of sounds will you be working with? I will be working with um, a variety of instruments. Um, I believe I'll have my guitar and keyboard, maybe my Celtic harp with me. Wow. Yeah. And I'll be, I'll be sharing songs and stories. Um, inspired by the state of Connecticut, my experience of growing up here, um, a lot of character sketches, historical character sketches. Now, you know, something else that interests me, and I've, I've interviewed a number of musicians, and in addition to composing or writing and performing, they bring music into everyday life and different things, different forms of music therapy, uh, teaching, and you're a coach, and you work with music and other modalities than performance. Can you talk a little bit about what you're doing to give this music another form of work? Yes, I am a private music instructor, and right. I also bring music into schools. So I've been coming into, you know, in the middle of the school day, I've been coming in and sharing my music during assemblies um, on different themes, um, generally um, a lot of music with a healing theme, um, uh -huh. themes of diversity, um, overcoming adversity. Um, so using music as an avenue of education and inspiration. Um, I've also brought music into assisted living homes, um, recovery homes, so lots of different environments for healing music. That's really nice to get music out of the usual venues for performance and concerts, so to speak, back to where people are, uh, especially people that can't always get out as well. Now, something else I learned about your work is the Quiet Corner Songwriters. That's kind of a group of uh, folks that work together, mutual support. Can you talk about what you're doing with that and what kind of people you're working with who are trying to work on their craft to get better at what they want to do and find out how to perform and do better with the performance side. Yes. So I run a monthly songwriters group um, called the Quiet Corner Songwriters Meetup, and it's free to the public. Anybody can attend. doesn't matter what your level is of songwriting. Everybody is welcome. So everybody gets a chance to share a song or a piece of a song that they've been working on, and all of the artists will offer their feedback. So it's just a wonderful way to um, get some feedback from artists on different levels of performance. Some of them are professional, uh -huh. uh, lots of different genres and backgrounds. Um, and then in addition to the meetup, I do host a monthly performance series as well. That is an opportunity for new performing artists to share their music with the community and learn a little bit more about performance art. Oh, yeah. Where does that happen? Where do those gatherings occur? So that occurs at Block 134 in Putnam, Connecticut. Um, the meetup is 
on a Saturday afternoon, generally the first or second Saturday of each month, and the performance is generally the third or fourth Sunday of every month. Nice. There are so many nice cultural things happening in Putnam the last five or eight years, developing so many festivals and events and the fabulous Fridays. And the art scene is really taking off in many ways at that small little town. I guess you found that out for yourself. Yes, it really has um, grown so much over the years that I've lived here. Right. I love what it's Right. Well, uh, Bev, I want to ask you a little bit about the museum itself, because the American Museum is based at the Eastern Connecticut Veterans Community Center. 47 Crescent Street is here in town. Uh, can you talk about the work you do throughout the year, apart from the special fundraiser now? Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, the American Museum is kind of a new project. It's about a year and a half. Right. And we have created some small exhibits that are powerful and relevant. And so we have programs and discussions about people and events that have played a role in shaping our freedom and our democracy. So um, as one of our projects, we have the Cabaret Series. We have the future concerts will be um, the Band of Steady Habits with the state historian Walt Woodward um, in April. In May, we have Rick Spencer, and he's going to We've had Rick many times in this area. He has um, a World War One, World War Two, Civil War programs. Uh -huh. He's going to be singing about um, uh, outlaws, villains, and rogues. So we thought we would mix it up a little bit and uh, talk about the bad guys. Uh -oh. um, Why not? And then There's in, stories everywhere. Right. On June 4th, we're going to have Tom Callanan. He is actually the first state troubadour, and he has written more songs about Connecticut than anybody else. So that's our cabaret series. I also have been doing a Liberty program. This is the fourth Monday of every month, and these are programs about um, people who have done significant, made significant contributions to our country. Um, one coming up. Uh, next week on March 27th is on Ida Barnett Wells. She is somebody who researched lynching and managed wow. not to get lynched. So she's uh, an amazing uh, black woman. And if you don't know about her, I hope that you'll be able to uh, come to our program at the at the vet center. That's great history. You know, even the Brits had to admit they had slaves. It's unbelievable how the empire, <laughs> the empire, right? Mm -hmm. Slavery, good Lord. But, you know, bringing it back is important because this is how you avoid thinking a certain way. It's not about going back to that, but it's not, not bringing that forward in different sneaky ways right. that really come up. In fact, I want to mention one more thing that you're doing on the 29th, right? Okay, right. Because I was digging for this while you were talking through my pile of okay. mail here. This is on National Vietnam War Veterans Day, March 29th. They're having a special ceremony. And it's at the Eastern Connecticut uh, Veterans Community Center on Crescent Street from 9 to 11 on the 29th. And can you talk a bit about what your hopes are for that ceremony and what you're trying to uh, remember and honor that day? So every Wednesday from 9 to 11, right. each week, um, is the Veterans Coffee House at the Veterans Center. And on March 29th, they're going to be honoring, uh, discussing, and commemorating the Vietnam War. And believe it or not, there are still veterans who haven't received um, certain awards or their pins. Yeah. And there are also people who are being recognized for um, their work to uh, help veterans with Agent Orange. 
I think oh, people yeah. are unaware that uh, 20 veterans every day, I think, die from exposure to Agent Orange. And the tragedy is, is it's a forever chemical. Yep. So their children are dying of cancer and their grandchildren are dying of cancer. And now we know that Agent Orange doesn't go away. So, And you know, they dumped it on thousands of people in Asia and their land was ruined as well. And I had a chance to do interviews. Did you ever hear of Jimmy Sparrow? He was an early advocate in the 80s, bringing this up when it was not even being admitted to. And he was working really hard to get the story out. So I'm glad more and more people are recognizing it, just to rectify it and try to do something right about it. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so this is uh, the 29th, 9 to 11, next Wednesday at, this, at the Eastern Connecticut Veterans Center. Uh, all right. Well, I know, Kayla, you're still with us. Do you have any plans uh, for recording or anything special related to your work as the troubadour uh, this summer? Anything you can give us a little preview? Yes. Um, so I've been in the process of recording a series of live performances. Some of them are already available on YouTube. Mm. Uh, and I'm planning on coming out with an entire series of live performances of songs that I've been writing over the past year or so, um, mostly dealing with um, a historical context or a healing context. So these are all relevant to my work as the troubadour, and I'm excited to share it with the community over the next year. That's really great. What is the uh, YouTube channel name if somebody wanted to jot it down to find it later? What would they look for? Your name? Yes, they can just look for my name, youtube.com slash Kayla Farnham. Right. Uh, now, I have to ask you one more thing. We have a couple minutes to go because I, I – uh, thank you for – this is for this Sunday, the 26th from 4 to 7. She's going to be sharing her music. What drew you to the harp of all instruments? Uh, is it some family background for you as well? It's not the instrument that you see all the time, but having someone try to bring that out is really cool. It is a family background. Both of my parents played in a folk duo when I was younger, and nice. my mother was a collector of all sorts of different folk stringed instruments. So she had a Celtic harp in the house when I was growing up, and that drew me to it because it was so unusual, and I'd never seen anybody else perform on it at the time, and I just I was instantly drawn to it. I, um, I actually have a little bit of an Irish background, so I've always been drawn to Celtic music and Celtic spirituality, and that just is the perfect instrument for that. Have you been over to the motherland? I have not yet. My parents have been um, multiple times and oh, wow. join them. <laughs> I had a chance to go in 1990. It was a beautiful country. I loved it. I was there for about three weeks. There's some radio stuff. Uh, beautiful country. Get there one day. You know, if it's in your blood, you'll vibrate. You'll vibrate when yeah. you walk around. Something happens when you go to where your people came from when you walk around. Believe yeah. me, it's, it's real. Walking in Dublin, it. all of a sudden, tears come to your eyes. You're wow. walking down the street. It's uh -huh. like... Well, my grandpa came from Cork, and it's like your body is like something happens. Yeah. So go to where your grandparents came from, and you'll cry too, let me tell you that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, this is a great thing. I want to thank you very much, Kayla Farnham, for being here today on the radio with us. And Bev York, it's always great to have you here in the house. Thank you very much. We'll have you back in April or May. And again, this event, one more time, is Sunday, this Sunday, the 26th, uh, 4 to 6 p.m. at the Veterans Center, 47 Crescent Street.
And thanks to all of you for listening or watching us to our weekly madness here on WILI. We'll look forward to seeing you next week at the same time. And we'll continue our coverage of the Ashford situation. That project for a very large mega warehouse distribution center is still being reviewed. It's caused quite a bit of controversy. We'll pick up that story next week. Take care.